0: We are back for Episode 3 of Dreamslayer's RPG Podcast actual play of Christopher Gray's great American novel, Devil's Canyon. Tonight's chapter is titled Trouble Brewing, and there is good reason for it. The heroes have called forth shadow figures during their seance, and Bill has been confronted by a physical ghost from the past. An editor's note here, Mike D., who plays our gunslinger Bill, had an issue at work in real life, and he had to deal with that, so we had to work around his absence. But I think we pulled it off rather well. His presence was missed, but we will see more of him in the upcoming episodes. This podcast is produced by Speak & Tell Studios in Evansville, Indiana, and we thank them for their assistance in getting our little production out to the masses. Be sure and hit that subscribe button for all of the upcoming adventures from Dream Slayer Studios. With that, then, let's get this party started. On with the show. All right, so since um, Bill McLean isn't with us, uh, at least to start tonight, we kind of left it to where, after the seance last time, somebody happened to show up outside the doors of the old Pueblo Church, and it was uh, Roland Hazard. Uh, who seems to be an old enemy of uh, of Bill's. And uh, he's kind of called him out, and Bill has gone outside, and just for sake of moving the story forward without him actually being here, we'll say that Bill kind of peeks back into the church, and he says, Just wait here. Don't say anything. Don't come outside. Let me get rid of this guy, and then we can get you guys out of here. It's hard to make out the conversation that they have through the through the door of the church. But after about ten minutes or so, Bill comes back in uh, and he says, "Well, it's been one hell of an evening. But I think it's about time for everybody to go on ahead and head their separate ways." And uh, he opens the door to the church and says, "Thanks for the dinner, and we'll we'll meet up again. I'm sure." Okay. Um, before we do disperse, uh, there is one thing that, uh, that I need you guys to kind of take a quick look at, and that is your motivations in the aftermath of the seance and the way things went. Do you feel like your motivations have changed from what they originally
1: were? Yeah, mine have, because mine were kind of, so I think now it's to do. Mine was to c- conduct a seance and kind of learn if Lillian's connections kind of were true. Uh, she had some real connection. And now if I feel like we're moving into, the, the experiments have got to get bigger. We're, you know, we need more energy from the sun. We need to really see what can happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in getting out to the desert. Uh, there is an eclipse coming up that we know and think really the power of the tazimeter in that eclipse could be, could be what we're looking for. So that research needs to continue.
0: Now, where are you as far as, you have not really even started building the big Tazimeter, right?
1: I've started some, no, it's more like we have the blueprints figured out. It could probably take another six days if we really, maybe a week, if we really went for it. Was it you mm-hmm. know, we were really going for it. Or if I was going for it, if I had help, maybe a little less than that. But I think it's going to take, you know, full full on work in a week.
0: Okay. What about Elias?
2: I don't know that mine's changed a lot. My motivation was just to stop all the needless killing and death and everything that was going on around town. If anything, it's perhaps to have one last cycle of it and cleanse the town and start over. So I guess in that case, yeah, it would change a little bit. And then I've got the doctor with cholera, so I've kind of adopted the doctor role, or trying to. So... Yeah, I guess it's kind of gone from maybe ending the cycle of death to trying to become more of like a life saving type role. So I kind of want to become more proactive at this point okay. in helping people. I'm gonna mess it up like I did with the cats, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're all guilty in that party. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
1: no
4: one's hands are clean. <laughs>
1: that was brutal.
0: What about Lillian? I think you had uh, get back in touch with guiding forces was your motivation last time.
4: Yep, and that sure happened. So, my motivation has changed due to all of the events of the episode. I received the telegram, and that said to be on the lookout, they're after you. So, between that and the confirmation that I do have some force some forces guiding me, I still hear the voices. I am more motivated than ever to get out of town, to, to continue to evade that, um, that, that guy or that crew that's after me. So right now I'm feeling trapped because of the coyote gangs straying a hold on the, the highways and byways. So Mm-mm. whatever I can do to resolve things and get out, I think is my motivation
0: and Ms. Tipple.
4: I
3: tried a little bit to, to motivate people a little bit to join this ragtag crew to take down the Coyote Gang. And it seemed like the last episode, nobody wanted to do that. So I think for sure my motivation this time is to convince people that they have a role in this, um, or this job basically to rid the town of the Coyote
1: Gang. Did anybody else see those black shapes during the seance coming sort of out of the wall? Did we all see that?
0: Yeah, you all did. Um, And Bill, I think only saw just the last, the last bit of like vapor that was coming off of the, the figure that had formed from the shadows behind him.
1: So do we think that was associated with him specifically, or do we think that that was sort of something that, you know, a sort of, opening that we created in general
0: that's up to you all of the figures were dancing on the walls kind of behind everyone but they started to peel off and they all formed kind of right behind him
1: thoughts for all you that witnessed that
0: has any of you ever
1: Thing you would talk about afterwards right
0: (laughs) probably this could be this could be maybe some of the discussion that you guys are having going back through the cave to get back to town
2: L- Lillian, have you ever seen anything like that before?
4: I don't think so. That, that to me was a little out of the ordinary. The, the shades that I've seen have, have taken human form or um, have been a, a disembodied hand or a, you know, a voice. But I, I don't think I have seen that sort of formation come together and present themselves in that way.
2: What do you think it means? Doctor, have you ever experienced something like that?
1: I've never seen the human shapes, but I have seen what I call a particle sparkling. What I mean by that is if you noticed around the shapes, there was kind of a shimmer. When we've used the tazimeter before, we've been able to achieve that shimmer, but we've never seen shapes come out of it like they did this time. So the particle sparkling, what we call the particle sparkling, what I call the particle sparkling, we have achieved before. But never the shapes. Never any kind of organic human or non-human form coming out of it.
3: So those were humans?
1: Well, they were humanoid shapes. Didn't they look like humanoid shapes to you? I mean, I don't think they were human. But they did appear to have some of the characteristics of a humanoid shape, as if they were as if a human trying to punch its way through black silk almost. At least that's how I saw it. But perhaps perhaps it was you all have a different perspective on it.
3: It looked like the blackest shadows I've ever seen. Like you like the the light was just gone from that part
1: Mm -hmm. of the wall.
3: I've never seen anything like that. That was pretty terrifying.
2: I do agree. It was probably the most frightening thing I've ever seen in my life. And I just, I, I, I don't want to try it again.
0: <laughs> you said you don't want to try it again, or oh you no, kind I, of I, want to?
2: I, I kind of want to. <laughs> I, I would kind of be interested to see if, if, like you said, Doctor, a stronger Tazimeter could potentially produce a a, a stronger connection, or, or perhaps we could really even speak to them.
1: If that's what I'm interested. In, I'm interested in the in the journey well i I would like to take that journey with you if if I'm invited absolutely. If we can get to work to work on this tazimeter immediately, we can take the journey very soon.
2: Well, I'd be more than happy to help in any way that I can. You just let me know what I can do for
1: you. Well, I'm not the best of builders, so i i I'm good with the theories, but not so much with the building, so perhaps fewer. I don't know if you are a man of your hands, but if you are, you could certainly le- lend a hand, so to speak.
2: Well, I built a few caskets. I figure it can't be any harder than that. Why not?
1: Well, then perhaps we should get to work on it.
0: All right, so that brings you guys back out of the cave uh, behind the blacksmith's house. Is it? I think it's three out of the four of you all uh, are staying at the hotel. Elias, you know you've got your own home connected to uh, uh, your shop. So at this point you know you'll need to decide when you're going to meet again and where.
3: So I have a quick question out of character here. Did yep. Hazard did not see us in the church, correct?
0: That's correct. I think he he probably, he probably had at least an inkling that something was going on in there, but exactly who it was in there, he did not see your faces, no.
3: Okay. So we don't know if he saw anything happening through the windows or, we don't know that?
0: That's correct, you don't know. Okay. Okay. If you would like to spend a plot point and decide that you know, then you (laughs) may do so. No,
3: no, no. (laughs) Someone else's turn for that.
4: (laughs) I've only got one anyway. Well, Miss Tipple seems a little bit concerned um, with with this scene that took place outside. So I, I might walk her back to her rooms if she seems a little bit shaken up so that we can have a conversation about it if okay. nothing else
0: happens in the intervening minutes. Okay, so at this point you're kind of splitting and, and heading towards the hotel and then Elias is heading towards his uh, place of business, correct? Uh, doctor,
2: you just come see me at my shop whenever you, you need any you type of assistance or send somebody to come get me and I will come to you perhaps tomorrow uh, or the next day at, at your leisure.
1: That sounds fantastic. Now, are you a doctor as well?
2: Uh, no no i'm an undertaker
1: ah i had uh, you were talking about something about the cholera and i thought you had some sort of
2: well headache. no un- unfortunately our town doctor has uh potentially caught the cholera um he has asked me to sort of run his shop in his stead he is at a mining town uh there's been an outbreak there and he's doing his best to contain it uh, so if anybody does need any type of doctorly type things uh I suppose at this point I am the doctor in charge, but not by training.
1: I see, Mr. Carver, or perhaps we'll just call you Dr. Carver anyway.
2: Well, (laughs) you flatter me. (laughs)
0: Thank you, doctor.
1: It's my pleasure. I look forward to working with you, sir.
0: Yes. I'm gonna toddle off. All right, so as you toddle off, um, the trio heads back towards the hotel. Um, and Elias, as you're getting closer to your abode, you will be passing Dr. O'Malley's place of business on the way. He's, he's just a couple of doors down from you, uh, fittingly, <laughs> mm. two doors down from the undertaker. And as you're approaching his uh, domicile, You can hear uh, from half a block away, you hear a commotion and you hear a pounding on the door. A woman's voice saying, Dr. O'Malley, Dr. O'Malley, you open up. We need you right now. Open this door.
2: Excuse me, miss. Miss, I I could not help but overhear the commotion. Dr. O'Malley is not in, ma'am. Is there something I can help you with?
0: Uh, You see Trudy Richards uh, which is the uh, lady that is kind of in charge of the local brothel. And she is there with another woman uh, that is laying on the porch on Dr. O'Malley's, uh, in front of Dr. O'Malley's uh, business. Uh, she is bloodied, bruised, beaten, and gasping for air. Trudy says, Where's the doctor? Where is he? We need him right now.
2: Well, I'm afraid that's not possible. The doctor is out. He's he's at the mining camp. There's, There's been a cholera outbreak. He's asked me to please act in his stead. Ma'am, is there anything I can do to help you? Uh, it appears your friend is the worst for
0: wear. Then yes, yes, you need to act in his stead and you need to act right now. Let's get her. Can you get her inside? Can we get her in?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh,
0: I'll Fumble around and find the key that I
2: have to it and open the place up. Come bring her in here, please. Please lay, lay her right here on
0: the table. She puts her arm, the other lady's arm, over her uh, shoulder and uh, you do the same and you guys carry her in, bring her in, and, and lay her down on the cot that's, that's inside. This woman has been beaten within an inch of her life. Her face is just a bloody mess, uh, swollen, one eye completely swollen shut. She's, uh, she has labored breathing, very raspy, is having trouble catching her breath and trudy says this is this is one of my girls her name's ava that son of a bitch callahan just beat her within an inch of her life
2: ava ava can you hear me
0: she nods
2: okay uh, miss trudy could you please there's a pitcher of water over there on the dresser can you please grab that and there should be some linens in one of the drawers bring them over here we need to get her cleaned up I'll get right on it. Yes, there's a book. Mally left me a book. I need to find that book. Where did I leave it? Do you remember where I left that book? <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I get the book. <laughs> i flipping through looking for. Uh, okay, uh, obviously. Uh, Trudy, are you able to speak? I'm, I'm sorry, Ava, are you able to say anything? Can you speak? Hurts. Where? Can't breathe. Uh, Uh, Hurts. It's very likely that you have a punctured lung. One moment.
0: I'll flip to the book and try and find the section on lungs. Okay. And at this point, this would be a uh, a conflict that you need to resolve. Uh, So, the conflict is uh, Ava can't breathe what you're going to want to do now you are currently falling correct yes. okay yeah let me put my sheet yes okay so you're going to roll satiate uh which is uh an instinct roll okay so if you have any pluses or minuses there uh you will uh add or subtract those yeah i have a plus one to instinct
2: but i'm falling so it's a minus one so it's just just flat then yep all right so i roll two die right yep I got a five and a three so that's an eight. eight.
0: Okay, good. So you flip through that book and you find uh, the section on lungs uh, and, and breathing uh, issues and, and your instinct actually is, is correct. She does have to have, uh, her lung is filling with fluid and you've got to get that fluid out. You kind of root around for the necessary materials and uh, as as gruesome as it is, you've got to make an incision and insert a tube into her lung uh in order to uh, alleviate the fluid that is uh, that is flooding her lungs at this time uh, but you're familiar with the human body you've certainly done your fair share of embalmings and you've had to drain fluids and and so forth in the process of your career and as luck would have it you're able to uh, to ease the pressure on her chest and uh, and get her breathing again Trudy uh, who is just horrified with this whole process Um, she does her best to try to assist you and to helps to dress her wounds and uh, and so forth but you're able to get her stabilized Uh, and Trudy just kind of once the hubbub is is over she finally just kind of collapses in a chair in front of the window and just takes a big sigh uh, and kind of starts to weep herself
2: Miss Trudy She's going to be all right, at least for the moment. It's, I think the worst of it is behind her. Are, are you all right?
0: I'm fine. I suppose I'm a little faint. <laughs> I've never done anything like that before. I've seen my fair share of bodily fluids, but nothing like that.
2: Well, it's a first for the both of us. Not the first time for me carving into a human body, but the first time they've been alive to tell me it hurt but I think it went pretty well, considering the circumstances. She's going to That's, be all right.
0: You've, you've done a a good thing here tonight, Elias. I didn't know you had it in you.
2: Well, that makes two of us, but thank you for saying that. Has this happened before?
0: Not this bad, not this bad, but that Waverly Callahan, that son of a bitch, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to keep going with him running that place. He's just running it with an iron fist, and he's taking money from the girls. More money than than what he deserves. He doesn't deserve any of it, if you ask my opinion. But what can we do? I mean, this whole gang has just overrun the town. I don't know how we can keep living like this. and Obviously, we can't, because he almost killed Ava.
2: understand.
0: She came in short on her funds for this week, and he kept asking her for more, and she said, I just don't have it, and then he just took his hand to her and just beat her upside the head and started beating her with his boot. It was just horrible.
2: Does his father know about this? His daddy? (laughs) Cornelius, yes.
0: I'm sure he does, and I'm sure he doesn't give a damn.
2: I may try to have a word with him this has to stop this has gone too far
0: well if you have a word with him you'll probably just get yourself killed
2: well there may be other possibilities to try and put this to an end now between you and me things are different around here right now things might be happening so i need you to be strong and i need you to take care of your girls and whatever you need to do to placate Waverly, to keep him from doing this again, you do it. If one of your girls comes up short on funds, you come see me. We'll figure out a way. We can, we can t- ask around the town and come up with something to, to keep this from happening again, but we just need some time. Do you understand?
0: I just don't know how much more time we've got. And I don't know how much more time these girls have got.
2: I understand that. But we need to try and buy as much as we possibly can. Things are afoot. You have to trust me on that.
0: Well, Elias, after what you did tonight, you, I, I trust you.
2: Well, thank you.
0: And if it's all right, I I wish to stay here with Ava just to make sure she's all right tonight. Of course. Is it, would that be all right?
2: Of course, of course. Would you like me to stay as well?
0: Well, do you think she's out of the woods?
2: Well, as best as I can tell, yes. I mean, I'll consult the book again and see if there's anything more I need to, to read up on. But I think she'll be all right until the morning. And In the morning, I'll go and try and find the doctor and just see if there's anything more we need to do.
0: Well, you're just two doors down, right?
2: Yes, yes.
0: If anything happens, I'll just come a-running.
2: Yes, you just knock as loud as you can. I'll leave the door unlocked. You come right in and wake me.
0: I'll do that. Thank you, Elias. Thank you for everything you've done.
2: You're welcome, Miss Trudy, and you take good care of Ava, all right? I will. All right, and you remember what I said. Just buy us some more time. Things are going to change. I can feel it.
0: Well, whatever you've got cooking up, I'll have your back. Well, thank you. Okay, so the trio then has headed back to the hotel. Lillian, you said you were going to try to walk Miss Tipple to her room, correct? Right. Miss Tipple, was there, uh, you were still kind of overwhelmed by what happened earlier tonight, correct?
3: Of course, I've never seen anything like that. I've seen a lot of things, nothing like that. So we're just walking down the street.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and probably uh, just entering into the, uh, the hotel itself. Uh, it's, it's pretty late. It's after midnight, probably close to one o'clock at this time. So uh, very little going on in the hotel at this point. You might see uh, someone shuffling down the hall, maybe from a, a late night bath. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's pretty empty. And if there's nothing else that you all feel like you need to do uh, tonight, you can certainly turn in and, uh, and then we can reconvene in the morning.
4: Are we leaving Julius at his door? Has he headed back in?
0: Yeah, he was, he was just uh, maybe a little bit behind you, maybe caught up with you on the street, I'm sure.
4: Okay. Well, we can, we can bid goodnight, I suppose. Good um, Goodnight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there something more you'd like to say or is there something, is there something I can help you with? Do you have, do you want to yep. get a last drink at the bar
4: or something? No, I just wanted to wish you a good night before, um, accompanying Miss Tipple to her room. I think she's a bit shaken up.
1: So Lillian, it was a pleasure observing your work tonight. You were extraordinary. You surpassed my expectations of what could occur. I think we have found perhaps another world, another dimension, which I suspected was possible. Those figures, we all saw them. There is no question that something was trying to push through from somewhere else. And that was the result of you. Could not have happened without you. thank you.
4: Yeah, I uh, fear that I don't understand the world that we've reached through to. Um, this is something I've I've never experienced at that level, and it couldn't have happened possibly without the tasimeter that you brought and and used to enhance the the connection we've had with the spirit world.
1: Yes, well, I think we still have more work to be done. If we can now move to the next level, my research shows that if we can increase the power, certainly putting in the sun, will do that. But if an, if this eclipse, if we can build this at the time of this eclipse that's coming up we'll be able to get that concentrated energy and my sense then if we can get that concentration energy is that the particle sparkling will be even at a larger scale
4: okay that's amazing i'm afraid i have no choice but to be here <laughs> for that climactic moment so we will continue to um meet and let me know if there's anything I can do.
1: Well, good night to you and sleep well.
4: Good night,
0: Elias. Uh, in in relation to what you did, we didn't uh, give you a plot point for that. You do receive a plot point for resolving the conflict for Ava, uh, and then you also now are you get a plus one arc. So if I'm you were I, well you never go back to neutral. Um, oh. Once you move out of neutral, you never go back to flat. Ooh. So you'll be plus one now. Cool. I'm sorry, spending my plot points. <laughs> yep. And you can do that pretty much at any time. Even if it's not, even if I'm dealing like with this scene, with the three of them, if you decided that you wanted to spend a plot point to throw something in, you can do that. Uh, you just cannot control their characters but you can add a non-player character you can add a plot thread uh anything that you want to throw in so and that goes for everybody so anytime you want to spend a plot point they are there for you to spend okay so sounds like everybody's kind of turning in for the evening is that right
3: lillian i think and i need to have a bit of a conversation
0: yep, that's fine so I'm go going ahead to
3: invite her in for a moment just a few minutes probably to clear up some things probably Lillian, would you want to come in to my room for maybe one more sip of some bad wine or something?
4: Sure. (laughs) Well, I feel foolish now calling you Miss Tipple. It's Alice, right?
3: My name is Alice, but um, in town you can call me Miss Tipple because that's what everyone calls me and no one else knows except for our small group um, that my name is actually Alice. So please call me Miss Tipple if you would like.
4: Mm. Oh. I'll stick with Alice if I can remember that. <laughs> Just don't give it away. No, I'll try not to break your, um, your cover. You've <laughs> it sounds like you've been deceiving many of the, the men folk in town. This is really quite impressive that you've managed to maintain a, a secret identity, I guess I could say.
3: It's my job. It's what I do. I was hired to do this job, and that's, that's why I do it. You were hired for years. Who hired you? Uh, Mr. Pinkerton himself. He put an ad in the paper. He um, asked for men, strong men, to come and apply, and I thought, why not? Give it a try. So I met with him. I met with him several times, and I convinced him that a woman um, would be an asset,
4: to the Pinkertons. Huh, he must have been surprised. <laughs> I can imagine the look on his face when you walked in the office. Aren't all men surprised with
3: strong women?
4: I suppose so. More fools there for, for being taken aback.
3: Yes. Well, well, let me ask you this.
4: Rest. Yes.
3: Sorry. Um, the spirits, the figures that we saw coming through the wall.
4: Were they there for some someone in particular? Do you know? Did you... I don't know. I, to be honest, I feared that they might be for me. Um, the way that they emerged in such an ephemeral fashion reminded me of the San Francisco fog, and the way that my my friend um, and patron in San Francisco was killed stepping out into just such a fog at the moment a streetcar rushed by and uh, it, his wife blames me for this i believe she thinks i had something to do with his misfortune and now that she's set some pounds on me i'm afraid not only of those those people in this world but also of him in the other world, if he harbors for me any ill will, as well as his first wife, whom I had connected him with through our sessions.
0: And may I interject for a moment? Sure. What are their names?
4: Oh, good (laughs) question. Hmm. Shoot. Any, well, uh, isn't it
1: wasn't one isn't it wasn't one Annie and another one Robert wasn't their first name Robert and Annie I think
4: that's
1: right or Walter was it Robert or Walter? <laughs>
4: Arnold. <laughs> I like. What did you? Louis.
1: What about Louis?
4: Louis is good.
1: Louis, let's go. Louis. I'm looking at the most popular names in the 19th century, right?
4: Thank you. Thank you. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Shoot, Lewis and Eleanor.
0: Eleanor. and somebody throw me a last name.
1: Synticott. How about Synticott? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing you. Said, throw your last name.
0: Sentakot. Louis yeah. Lewis. Okay. I think it sounds good.
1: <laughs>
0: sure. I have no idea how to spell it, but I'll give my best.
1: S e n t i c o t. Okay, course.
0: that's not at all how I spelled it, but okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so actually, Lewis and Annie, um, and and Eleanor was the first wife.
0: Eleanor was the first wife, but it's the second wife that is.
4: Yes, Eleanor, okay. the first wife who is deceased. Um, Lewis, Lewis, and I met at a party that Annie, his wife was hosting for a, a well-to-do politician. I mean they're all they're all well to do. They they run in that circle. But Annie is um, a social butterfly and well known about town. And so she and Lewis and I met. And okay. Lewis and I had a moment of conversation. And this is what I'm what I'm telling Miss Tipple. Um, but we had a moment of conversation in which he realized um, what I do. And he asked me to reconnect him with his first and true love, Eleanor, who had died of um, smallpox. <laughs> so tragically, why am I laughing when, when it was tragic? Um, I don't know. In any case, um, Eleanor, I, I did feel a very strong sense of Eleanor, but it's possible that I gave him a clearer impression of her spiritual form than was wise. And in in the fact that um, I conveyed to him her desire to be reunited with him as, as he also wished, I'm afraid it may have propelled him to hasten that moment of reunion. So as those shadows emerged from the wall, it was actually my fear that, that it was some, some recollection of that um, come, come back to haunt me. But when I saw how Bill responded, he seemed, despite not even catching the full measure of that apparition, he seemed to know that it was for him. And so I, I don't, I don't know what to think, but I do know I want to get out of this town. And I, despite our conversation, I'm not sure that it's wise that we proceed on the path that was discussed to, to craft some, some weapon of um, mass destruction to unleash upon an entire town. It just seems brutal.
3: It like has to be a way to get the Coyote Gang to leave or something, because we, this town just can't take it anymore. Yes. And I don't know that,
4: that responding to brutality with more brutality is the way, the way forward or, or the way that anyone other than beasts would, would proceed along this path.
3: Do you have any other ideas?
4: I, I I don't know that I do. I mean, there is an eclipse Julius speaks of that he expects to bring a a strength to the Tazimeter. He he thinks that will somehow empower us. We'll have to talk to him some more. I mean, I think I have a plot point, so I could throw something out there. Plot point away.
0: (laughs) Yep, you can certainly do that.
4: Okay. This isn't This isn't going to resolve anything, but I'm going to say in, um, in sitting down on the, the chair next to Alice's bedside table, I accidentally bump into it and she's in the hotel, right? So the Bible that's sitting on that bedside table falls off to the floor and it falls open. So as I reach down to pick it up, and I apologize. I'm so sorry to have um, disturbed your, your book. I note that it's open, and I read to her and say, my gosh, it's open to uh, Revelation. And it says, the passage here, it says, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Now, we've just been talking about the, the coyote gang and how horrible they've been. So when I read this, The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds.
3: The Coyote Gang has a lot to be guilty for.
4: Yeah, their deeds have have shown them to be horrible. And can, can you imagine the judgment that would rain down upon them if the dead were to rise? How many people they have killed? Can you imagine all of those spirits coming for them? They, they would be terrified, I imagine, just as I was today. Meanwhile, this is my plot point, as the Bible falls to the floor, across town, another book falls to the floor. And that is the, the three inch medical tome of Doc O'Malley, and out from that book, and I'm not sure whether he took that home with him or if that's still at the, at his, um, the doctor's office, but where, I, it off. okay, where, it, where it falls, I mean, perhaps a, an enormous and inexplicable gust of wind um, knocked this massive book onto the floor, but at the very same moment, it falls open and a piece of paper flutters out and I, I wouldn't know it being across town, but the omniscient narrator might know that what's written on that page is at least in part in a foreign or ancient language. It may include a list, it may include um, some, some form of incantation or words, but it's to, to at least my eyes, if I were to look at it, inexplicable. It's not a language I know.
0: But it is an incantation uh, of which you, as uh, the narrator at this moment, you're just kind of putting it out there. We don't know what it means yet. Is that correct? Right. Okay. And uh, Elias, you you will discover that in the morning uh, when you wake up. You'll find the book on the floor and then this piece of paper that has fallen out of it in the morning. So we'll get to that uh, a little later.
3: Well, Lillian, I think we need to get everyone back together again and uh, come up with a plan. Perhaps with the Taz opening, maybe we can open the spirit world bigger than we did tonight. As terrifying as it was, I think that that could help us, but we need everyone to uh, work on the plan. We'll have to distract the coyote gang, get them into one place maybe. I I don't know, save the townspeople who don't need to be hurt. We need everyone. So maybe in the morning we can meet up with everyone again or sometime tomorrow.
4: Well, Alice, I'm so impressed with your initiative and, and the way you've managed to lead us not only up to the ridge, but also to try to, to rally people to take control of the situation. It's a long night and I don't want to keep you up any longer. I
3: appreciate your compliments. I'm just doing my job, but I I have come to love this town. And uh, Marsha Loomis's death hit me very hard. And uh, I think it's time to do something. I think we can do this together. Um, We'll see you in the morning or tomorrow
4: sometime. All right. Good night.
0: Take my leave. Okay. And at this point, everybody kind of turns in for uh, the remainder of the night um, and probably have a little bit of a restless sleep thinking about uh, the uh, occurrences that happened earlier in the evening. There's probably some fear, some excitement as well uh, that probably fights you as you you, uh, try to get some shut eye, but eventually you'll all eventually drift off to sleep. Um, and in the morning, uh, probably about 9 a.m., uh, Dr. Julius, you get a knock on your door.
1: All right, what time is it? What time is it?
0: About 9 a.m.
1: Ah, yes, I, I'm, I'm fully dressed and uh, in my full, I'm wearing my suit, of course, already. and fully. Mm-hmm. Already working <laughs> on my experiments. So I, I say, yes, who is it? Name's Bush
0: Whatley. Is this uh, this Dr. Randolph?
1: I open the door a little bit and say, uh, yes, it is me. What can I help you with, sir?
0: You see two guys uh, standing outside Bush, this fellow right here, Mm kind of rough and uh, gruff looking along with Ethan Wood, Mm -hmm. this fellow here. And if you'll recall, these are the two, uh, quote-unquote, gentlemen that uh, accosted Lillian, what was it, two days ago at the funeral. Yes. So, uh...
1: Can I help you with gentlemen?
0: Well, we got got business with you, sir. You're going to have to come with
1: us. Well, would you care to go downstairs and have a cup of coffee?
0: Uh, I ain't much of a coffee drinker myself.
1: Well, could I interest you in a, uh, a glass of whiskey? It's on me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, ain't he nice? Yeah, come on down. We'll have a, have a little uh, early morning whiskey.
1: Fantastic.
0: Hair of the my, dog, my, as they call it.
1: Hair of the dog. <laughs> yes, of course. I closed, locked the door behind me and uh, walked downstairs with him to the, to the, to the, the usual gathering spot.
0: He and uh, and Ethan walk with you downstairs uh, and uh, order up a, a couple of glasses of whiskey, and uh, Ethan says, uh, so uh, how long you been in this fine town there, sir?
1: I have been here approximately 10 days. A week? I don't remember. Is it a week? A week. I've been approximately a week. About a week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So... We've been uh, hearing a few things about you around town. You uh, got some little contraption that you're working on, ain't that right?
1: Oh, yes, that is exactly right. I am a scientist, and my scientific studies have brought me to your quaint little town. Yeah, that's
0: good, uh, because we might have some work for you while you're here.
1: Well, I'm quite busy, but I'd be happy to listen and see if I could be of any assistance.
0: Well, that's good. Um, tell you what, we're going to finish off our whiskey here and we're going to head on down around the corner uh, to the uh, local gunsmith. You met him yet?
1: I do not believe that I have.
0: His name's Zeke Berkeley.
1: Zeke Berkeley? Is that what you said?
0: That's his name.
1: Berkeley is a. Well, no, it's not at this point. Um, yes, this is, uh, I, would, I would be happy to meet him. Why, why are we going to visit the gunsmith,
0: might I ask? Well, as we're not so much going to meet him as such, but uh, we're going to be speaking with, uh, with one of our boys, actually. Cornelius uh, Callahan has, uh, has a particular project that he needs uh, somebody that has uh, some work and knowledge of uh, mechanics and machinery.
1: Of course, I think I've heard of Cornelius. His reputation precedes him. <laughs>
0: that it does. That it does. All right. Well, you You're going? gonna have yourself a drink, or is—is uh, is this just for us?
1: Uh no. Of course, I will have a drink with you. I order a drink, but I don't quite finish. I—I take a sip and drink it slowly. Let's say.
0: Okay. Uh, they uh, finish off theirs and uh, and then usher you outside and, and down the main street uh, and then off to the left towards the, uh, the gunsmith. When you go in, you see uh, Zeke here behind the counter, uh, and there's another man there with him, somebody that you probably haven't seen before. It's this guy here. His name is uh, Jacques Luffy.
1: Jacques Luffy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jacques Luffy, gentlemen. Good day
0: uh, to you. Bonjour, mon ami.
1: Bonjour.
0: Uh, I, I bid you welcome. Uh, please, please, do do have a seat. Uh, we if have... you're
1: comfortable speaking in French, I'd be happy to do
0: that. Oh, oh excellent. Uh, I will do so. Uh, I I cannot speak in French but uh, we're going to pretend (laughs) if you want to put me on the spot. So uh, he does then begin to speak in French uh, to you. And he, and he says, well, it is, it is excellent to uh, see uh, a man here in, in the old west who knows uh, of, of my language. And uh, it is a pleasure to speak to you in my native tongue.
1: Well, it is my pleasure as well. It's been quite some time since I've been to Paris.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it is a beautiful place, not at all like this.
1: One of my favorite places in the world.
0: It is. Much too very hot here.
1: That's one thing you could say about it.
0: So I suppose you are wondering why we have called you here uh, to speak with me. Uh, this is uh, Mr. Zeke Berkeley. Uh, he is uh, the the town's gunsmith, and uh, we are utilizing his services while we are here.
1: And um, ask who we? Wh- what do you mean by we? Myself and um,
0: Monsieur uh, Cornelius's group, uh, I'm a part of uh, the uh, Coyote Gang, as uh, as we have been come to be called. We have, since you are new here, I'm sure you do not know of the situation that, uh, that we are in, but uh, we have, uh, shall we say, claimed this town uh, for our own purposes uh we need some place that is shall we say uh somewhat of a uh, crossover point between points of interest within the old west and this seemed to be the perfect place for us to set up shop now that cornelius has uh shall we say done away with the competition huh
1: (laughs) i don't quite understand the points of interest idea what points of interest are you referring to
0: well uh this is an area uh that has lots of stops uh for different caravans as they venture out into the west uh carrying certain goods for the folks that are uh, in search of the riches with gold uh, it is a good stopping point along the way uh, as they are traveling out to california and for those coming back from california with said riches and uh, we uh, do believe that we may uh, be looking at some potential competition for this spot. So we need someone to assist us in the construction of a, uh, a set of uh, items, uh, the mechanical items, that will help uh, protect us from anyone that, sh- shall we say, might seek out to uh, usurp our control over the city. And well, right uh,
1: fact, it- uh, Can't you find the items that you need here?
0: Oh, well, uh, we have the items on their way for delivery. Uh, they should be arriving, hopefully, this afternoon. But we do not have the uh, the skills and the know-how to assemble the products. What
1: uh, kind of items are we talking about?
0: Well, I shall show you. And he reaches over behind the counter and pulls out uh, a set of blueprints, and he spreads them out on the table in front of you uh, and you take a look at it and uh, can pretty easily deduce uh, that he has laid out plans for a gatling gun mm-hmm. so we are having the, the uh, bits and pieces of this uh, of these items uh, being brought to us uh, hopefully sometime today and we need someone to help us assemble them now Zeke here Uh, has agreed to assist, but uh, this is a little bit beyond his uh, area of expertise. So we do need someone who understands mechanics uh, Mm -hmm. that might be able to assist him in putting these things together. There will be two that will be delivered here today, perhaps tomorrow, depending on the weather. And uh, we need to have these up and running within a week's time. And we are requesting your assistance uh, in, in the assembly of these items.
1: And, of course, I'm sure there is some remuneration for this.
0: Oh, well, of course.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, we,
0: we would be happy to pay you a handsome sum of money to, uh, to assist us in, uh,
1: in assembling these items. Um, what do you consider a handsome sum?
0: Well, uh, I believe that uh, $200 should be uh, more than su- sufficient.
1: Would be more than sufficient buy a gallon gun for that much okay so yes i will i would be happy to help you out but on one condition i need to work with my own people on this i have uh there's a man that i work with his name is dr carver
0: that and I'll, do need
1: not, to, I'll, I'll need his assistance uh, i do not know this man hmm? I, I, i'm sorry
0: i do not know this man
1: uh, he's the i think he's the town undertaker but he's very good with his hands And uh, as much as I do understand the engineering, sort of the physical parts of this blueprint, he's better at putting things together. So uh, don't worry, you won't need to pay him anymore. I will take his art share out of my own payments here. Um, But if that's acceptable to you and you're willing to have us both work on, I think we could have this together for you quite quickly when it arrives, perhaps within the day.
0: Well, I do appreciate your cooperation
1: in this matter. What's well, it's my pleasure. And if there's anything else you need, please come immediately to me.
0: I will do so. Uh, and uh, once again, a pleasure to speak in my native tongue. Uh, I bid you good day, sir.
1: I bid you good day as well. Au revoir. It's been a pleasure to meet you, however you say that in French. <laughs> okay. So I go to Dr. Carver's place.
0: Elias, you have, uh, you have woken up. Uh, and, as I stated before, when you get up, you throw your feet off the edge of the bed and, and you look and you see that the, uh, the medical book that you brought home with you has fallen from its, uh, its stand. And there's a, a piece of paper uh, that has kind of fluttered out and is laying next to it. Upon it, you see uh, some strange writing in a foreign language which you uh, do not recognize.
3: Oh,
2: what in tarnation happened here last night? Oh, I must have slept like the dead not to hear this book at the ground. Mm.
0: And we'll say roughly about that time you hear a knock on your door, and uh, and Doctor Julius is uh, is waiting outside for you.
2: Uh, Doctor
1: Julius, uh,
2: well, come in, come in. Uh, I'm afraid you caught
1: me just now waking. I'm so sorry, Doctor I Would never, ever, ever presume to interrupt you this early in the morning, unless. Wasn't of the most urgent necessity. Oh, what is happening? Well, our friends in the gang have approached me and asked me to put what I do believe, well, what I actually know, is a Gatling gun together when it arrives in a week.
2: Well, I hope that you told them no.
1: Of course I told them yes. If I told them no, there were three of them in a gun shop with me. What, do you think I would tell them no? If t- I told them yes. And I tried to make it seem as if I was completely on their side. I'm actually even charging them for it. And I said, but I would need your help. We- so I do believe that first of all, if it arrives at the Gatling gun it does arrive, we could perhaps sabotage it so that when they use it, it doesn't work. Oh,
2: well, that so makes a lot more sense. It.
1: My idea is that a Gatling guns, the way they're designed, they have a series of bullets a uh, Belt of bullets that go into them. We can the first few we have to make work Yes, but down the line we we'll make one that will explode So if they ask us to test it out, we show them how it works We let them test it out when they actually put into action Gatling gun will explode probably only take one of them out or injure one of them won't do a lot But it will be something
2: it's a rather devious plan, Doctor.
1: I, well, I like it. I also asked if you. I also told them that to put it together, I would need your help as well. Just not, not really. It's not that hard to put together. The problem is, I, I just we need as many of us together as possible in order to. I don't want to be left alone with all of them.
2: Oh, yeah, no, no, so I know. I understand.
1: Brought you into this?
2: Oh, it's it's okay. I understand. That's very smart. Uh, i can understand why you're a doctor
1: and i think we probably could get alice involved with this and lillian as well and uh, i know that alice was particularly concerned about getting the gang out of the town and i think uh yes she should know probably that that they are moving to this level of ammunitions
2: oh yes this is this is certainly escalating things did they say why they needed the gatling gun is it have they not done enough damage to the
1: town already they said something about a rival group trying to impinge upon their territory. So, my sense is that they are trying to, which probably means there's some sort of arms race going on between two gangs, which could be oh. quite dangerous if oh, yeah. the explosion is continuing on both sides.
2: Well, it could be absolutely devastating. This town may not stand at the end of the week if that happens
1: exactly i think if you're right gun, who knows what the other group has i do not know what who the other group is or where they're located but they're close
2: well uh, perhaps we can try to figure out who it is uh, and when did you say this gun was going to arrive they said in approximately a week
1: In a week's time okay
0: the uh, the package left. i'm sorry uh, did you ask when the the parts were coming Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Okay, yeah, the parts are coming either today or tomorrow. They need it built within a week's time. Okay.
1: Oh, yes, they said the parts are coming today or tomorrow. They need it within a week, so we have a week. We can take, I think I said mistakenly to them that I would be able to put it together in a day. But I think when it arrives, we can see that it's a little more complicated than we Uh, expect.
2: Well, yes, a day might be a little ambitious for a project of that magnitude.
1: Uh, Well, we could put it together in a day, but we're not going to.
2: I understand. Yes, yes. I think we certainly need to bring Atlas in on this, especially with her background with the with the Pinkertons. I think that she would be absolutely vital to understand what was happening. Perhaps she would even have some insight as to who could possibly be muscling in on on the Coyote Gang. You,
1: I fear that's that.
2: Right. Well, thank you for coming to me with this. Uh, is this going to affect the ability to build your your larger Tazimeter? It will. Well,
1: well. if I have to spend my time dealing with this gang and building a machine gun for them, not going to be a lot of time for me to build the larger tasmeter before the week's end.
2: Well, perhaps if you walk me through the blueprints, I can get started on it, and you can buy yourself some time to continue working on your project, and you know, well, we'll make this work somehow. Look, Doctor, I'm glad you're here. Can I, can I show you something peculiar? Please. When I woke this morning, my medical book was on the ground, and a paper had fallen out of it. There's writing on it I do not recognize. Have you ever seen a language like this before? I'm going to show him the paper. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yes. I would say this is Congo.
2: I'm sorry, what?
1: The language, I think, is Congo.
2: I've never it's heard a, of
1: it. It's a Bantu language spoken by the Congo and Nidudu people of the Democratic Republic of Congo.
2: Oh, goodness. What, what would it be doing in a medical book like this?
1: Do you no know idea. what it means? Let me read this. Do I have to spend a plot point for this, Chris, now?
0: Um, do you, in, in your studies, do you think you would be able to translate it?
1: Well, if I know that it's Congo, Mm -hmm. that just kind of knows everything. If he knows French, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, well, let's uh, let's make it a conflict instead of rolling a or or instead of uh, spinning a plot point. Let's make it a conflict and see if you can you can translate it. Uh, That's a little bit more of a a rare language, wouldn't you say?
1: I would say extremely rare.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know enough about languages and so forth that you might be able to piece it together. Um, I can recognize
1: you... that it's a dialect. Dialect of I can recognize that it's a dialect of you know in Africa of near the Congo, not the Democratic Republic of Congo, because that didn't exist until 1917. But I think of con of con, it, Congo. It, it is from that region of Africa, Africa. Okay.
0: And you are currently rising, correct?
1: Yes. Okay
0: um i think this again would be uh satiate uh, so this would be an instinct role mm-hmm. uh, so uh, you can either add or subtract what needs to be added under uh, instinct I
1: think it's plus one right now mm-hmm. let's see and if Dr. julius can decipher this language
0: now is that plus one because you're rising or you have a one by it
1: I'm plus one rising, but I have a plus one by Does that mean it's plus two? That's plus two, yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's see how we do. You want me to roll two? Two dice? Yep. Mm -hmm. Here we go. The roll is an eight, which gives us a ten.
0: Okay. Uh, So you have narrative control. So it can say whatever you want it to say.
1: I, I don't understand all of it, but I see one word that I do understand. The reason I know part of this language is because... Some of my research involved the supernatural, let us say, the other dimensions other the worlds. Uh-uh. And, uh, the, the, the Congo word vumbi is right here in this document. And vumbi refers to something like a, a ghost or a revenant or a corpse that still retains its soul. And the document speaks of the vumbi that's that can't read much more than that. I'm not fluent in the language, I can only recognize it. I took languages where my linguistics were my minor, but I do recognize that word from my studies in the supernatural. Vumbi and nin, ninvumbi, which is also here, is a body without a soul.
2: Hmm, well, it's some sort of a, a supernatural s- message, a script, I suppose. Uh, Oh, so strange finding in a medical book, a book of science. Is there much crossover between science and this?
1: Well, that's the area that I'm most interested in. That's why I was so interested in Lillian's work because I do believe that there's a crossover between physics and the supernatural. What people refer to as the supernatural is merely what we don't know. Science is about the exploration of the unknown. It's about okay. finding the keys to the unknown supernatural is the unknown what people refer to as magic is merely science that they don't understand
2: well it's a very rational way to look at it i'm i'm going to take this note to the i'm going to go try to find the doctor today i have additional questions to ask him uh i will ask him if he knew this note was in here and see if perhaps he has any additional insight thank you very much doctor well
1: it's my pleasure and thank you for helping out with my little problem or our little problem shall we say
2: yes Perhaps if everything goes well, it won't be a problem anymore.
1: Let us hope so. Good day to you. Have some coffee, get yourself dressed, and uh, I will see you a little later today.
2: Yes, thank you,
1: doctor. Good day. Thank you, doctor. Doctor.
0: Doctor. 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 (laughs) I concur. (laughs) Uh, Alice, uh, what do you do when you get up?
3: Oh, I head down to the uh, tavern, which is my normal morning spot. Uh,
0: When you get down to the tavern, you see the man himself, Cornelius Callahan. He is seated there at a table eating some breakfast with uh, his uh, right and left hand men, Nelson Morrow and Sherwood Callahan, his brother. It's... 9 30 or so in the morning uh but you can tell that cornelius has been up probably pretty much the entire night in a drunken stupor his brother and uh nelson are trying to get some food in him to try to get him sobered up uh and he is just sitting there and just he's he's crying uh, I mean, like he's so drunk. I mean, he's just weeping, uh, and he's talking about his his lost sons, and you hear their names, Johnny and Errol. Uh, he's he's just talking and wailing about Johnny and Errol, and how he wishes that he could just take his boys up in his arms one more time and and just tell them how much he loved them and how much he appreciated them and, uh, and how much he misses them and so forth. And he just keeps going on and on about that. And Sherwood is not very supportive of uh, this outburst and he keeps trying to tell him to shut up and keep his voice down and, you know, you know your boys are gone. You can't bring them back. There's nothing you can do. We got to just keep pressing on with what we're working on. We got to get this town in shape. We got to fortify it and keep all these other fuckers out of here. And so he's, he's being hard on his brother. Whereas Nelson is, is trying to intervene. He says to Cornelius, he pats his hand. He says, I understand. I know you miss your boys. But what we're doing here is going to avenge them. You've already taken the steps to avenge their deaths, and now we need to show them that uh, the Crimson Coyota gang can stand strong. That's kind of the gist of the conversation that you get uh, as, uh, as you maybe are taking a seat at the bar or passing through whatever it is that you're doing.
3: Okay. So I'm going to go to my little corner table and order my usual. Mm-hmm. While I'm listening.
0: Buck, you know, he comes over, brings you your usual, uh, and asks if uh if he can get you something for breakfast, put some food in your stomach.
3: Oh, Buck, I'll just have uh, uh my my whiskey. I, I don't need any food. Thank you though.
0: All right. We'll we'll get you started off right.
3: Thank you,
4: Buck.
0: And uh Lillian, uh you're uh I'm sure probably awake at this point as well. Is there anything that you would like to do?
4: I might check in with the magician just to make sure you know, that there are no shows that I have to be involved in that I don't know about already, see how things are going, um, just check in and maybe give him the word that, you know, I mean, he doesn't know the full story about my past, but I might let him know that if anyone comes looking for me, I hope he won't um, say anything before letting me know.
0: He tells you, you know, he's, he's uh, aware at least enough about that situation not to, uh, not to say anything that, you know, would be damning uh, for you. You are staying kind of separately from them anyway because they have kind of a little commune up on the uh, on the hill opposite from where Bill's is. They're on the far end uh, of town opposite of that. And they've kind of set up camp over there. Uh, but you've opted to stay in the hotel basically to kind of, I guess, probably separate yourself from them should the proverbial shit hit the fan. But yeah, he... he says you know that's that's fine we'll we'll be on the lookout i'll spread the word uh that if we see anybody poking around for you to kind of keep mum about it now one thing you should know is cornelius is it is friday night so cornelius is expecting uh, a performance and so we'll be doing that, you know, like, as we have the last two weeks uh, in the town square, putting on a performance for the Coyote Gang and any members of the town that should choose to attend.
4: All right. And yeah, I should have remembered. Did you get happen to get all the rest of those crates unpacked? I, I know the last time we did a show, um, they were hoping to see a crystal ball and we hadn't unpacked everything yet. So there was a little bit of disappointment. But yeah, we
0: uh, we we've got all of your stuff at the ready.
4: Okay, great. Thank you. Um,
0: Elias, you were gonna check in on the doctor, right?
2: And that little—he's in that little mining town, not too far away. So I'm gonna head down there and see if mm-hmm. I can't maybe have him meet me
3: because
2: there was a post he was gonna put notes on and stuff for me. So I'm gonna go down there and see if maybe I can't see if he's left anything and maybe leave something for him.
0: Uh, and you go down and you do notice that there is a, a note tacked up uh, to the post uh, outside of the uh, the commune. And it's pretty much just basic information, you know, and, and he apologizes for springing this on you at the last moment. Uh, and he thanks you, you know, for your uh, commitment to keeping the community running in his stead while he's gone. And right now they have about Uh, 16 members of the uh, commune that are infected with cholera, and they're trying to keep everybody else separated from them. The mine itself has been shut down. Uh, They're they're not None of the miners themselves are working. There are probably half of those, over half of them, probably 10, we'll say, of the infected are the mine workers, and then the others are members of their families, their wives, and two children uh, have been infected. There's a, an older miner there that is not doing well, and he's spending kind of most of his time just kind of. Tending to him uh, and trying to keep him comfortable, but he feels like this gentleman probably won't last the night. And there's also one of the children uh, that is uh, is is not doing well, but is stable uh, at this point. Everybody else is managing okay throughout this process at least uh, uh, at this point.
2: All this is in the note? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's 11 o'clock and I'm...
0: <laughs> it's a two pager. Ah, okay. Front and back, <laughs> single space. Yeah.
2: Oh well. I hope the doctor's doing all right. It does look like he has his hands full. Um, I I brought something along too to write and be able to leave my own note for him. Um so I'd read his note and fold it up and put it in my pocket and um write down my own note. <clears throat> what was the the word again that we understood from Congo?
0: Um, it was. Um,
1: Which word? The uh, the word was. Um,
0: Wumbi. Uh Zumbi. Ghost, Zumbi. the revenant Zumbi. corpse.
1: Yeah.
0: Zumbi or Wumbi?
1: Wumbi. Oh, sorry, Wumbi. wombie, v u m b i, and m m Wumbi. This was the other one. Ninvumbi was the other one.
2: None. Nin? Nin Ninvumbi. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: There you go. Vumbi is the first one and that's, uh, Vumbi is a ghost revenant or corpse that retains a soul. And Ninvumbi is a body without a soul.
2: Yeah, I spelled it wrong. Okay.
0: Uh, Okay. Oh, and I just realized now that you've typed that exactly what that is. Now that I see it, what is it? It's a zombie. Uh, the second one. The second one is is a zombie. Yeah, that's that's the uh, derivative that uh, it comes from uh, voodoo. The voodoo religion. It's it translated into, and I'm not sure what the actual language was, but it's zuvendi, z u v, m b i. How do you
1: know that? You don't know French?
0: <laughs> How do I know that? I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> uh, I'm going
2: gonna, I'm gonna to write him a note. Uh, doctor, sorry to hear for the patient. Uh, glad the rest of the town seems to be doing all right. Uh, things are developing in, in Devil's Canyon. Uh, interesting developments. I hope to tell you about them soon. Uh, did have an incident... Uh, Miss Trudy brought Ava by, uh, appears to have had a punctured lung from a rather severe beating, was able to drain the fluid. Thank you so much for the book. Uh, it is a godsend. Uh, please let me know if there's anything more I need to be doing to help this poor woman. Um, she seems to be doing all right, but I fear that at any point she may turn for the worst. In addition, I have a question uh, about a note that I found involving. Uh, Vumbi and Nvumbi, if you have any ability to clarify, please, uh, please do. Uh, signed Elias Carver, doctor in training. And then I scratch the part <laughs> out <laughs> and I tack it back up. Oh, no, that was presumptive, Elias. Oh, that was very presumptive. Okay. And I take the note and the with the incantation and kind of crumple it back up, put it back in my pocket and shuffle away heading back in. Cause there's
0: no way to like really go into the town safely. Is there? Well, I mean, you have a certain kind of parameter that you kind of feel, you know, comfortable. They have their lookouts uh, that kind of scout the area around uh, throughout the day, keeping track of anybody that looks like they might be trying to leave town uh, for any particular reason. Okay. Do I see any of them like are about? Yeah, you do. Um, on horseback, you see uh, one of their number, uh, the, the lone female uh, Evelina Treadway that's on horseback.
2: Okay. So I kind of notice her and kind of take my note back down and scribble out very roughly the Vumbi and M- Vumbi M- thing and then kind of tack it back up. It's not totally blacked out. It's just a little bit. I just kind of scratch through it real quick because I see that she's watching
0: me and then start tottering back towards town mumbling. You see her, you know, kind of traips by uh, the post and kind of looks at the note that you uh, put up there and looks back at you and and she moves along her way. She doesn't, uh, she doesn't pick it off of there. But she has taken notice of it.
2: Oh, Laius, what have you done? I need to go speak to Dr. Julius. I hope everything's going to be all right. Who the hell thought you'd ever end up building a gun?
0: Just tottering on, mumbling to myself. I love how he just talks to himself.
2: <laughs> He's an undertaker. Nobody ever talks back.
0: Let's <laughs> have a conversation somehow. Yeah, pretty much.
2: Uh, and I'm going to start heading back into Devil's Canyon.
0: And then were you wanting to meet up with uh, Dr. Julius again? or
2: um, I'm going to head back into the general store. Because the, the general store was who I was talking to right after the funeral right talking to Wilburn yes and he was the one that had met Bill yes yeah I'm gonna
0: go talk to him okay so I'm heading that way okay uh and then I'm gonna kind of skip uh we'll, we'll get back to that one here in a minute we'll go back to the ladies Miss Tipples finished her um drink for the day Lillian uh has met with the magician uh, what do you guys want to do uh after that
3: is Cornelius and his two guys, are they still in the tavern or did they leave? Mm,
0: They finally uh, get him quiet <laughs> at least and he's, he's kind of starting to kind of just nod off a little bit and so they kind of gather him up and start walking him out the front door.
3: Okay, I'm going to um, go up to the the bar. I was at the table. I'm going to go up to the bar and, and see if Buck and I can have a, a word, but I'm going to whisper to him. Um, I'm going to get another drink, uh, Buck, and what um, what what uh what was that all about?
0: How long is uh, that- <laughs> Shit, he comes in here probably twice a week in that weeping mode that he was in crying about those boys. He's always talking about how he never got to say goodbye. I don't know what it was that exactly happened. Uh, I I do know that the marshal had something to do with their deaths, which is why they're here in the first place, you know, to mete out vengeance for, uh, for the deaths of his boys, Uh, which, uh, you know, this, I ain't telling you nothing that you don't already know, but he, comes in here like i said two three times a week uh since they since they've been here just moaning and groaning about those two boys now he's got that other one uh waverly but way i see it that boy's kind of the black sheep of the family uh that's that's not the one that he wanted taken over uh when it was his time to step aside but he's kind of stuck with them now but he's always crying about wanting to say goodbye to his boys and wishing he could talk to them again and all that bullshit. So, you know, grieving father, I suppose.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. Well, Buck, um, I'm going to head out for a walk. I'll see you later. All right. She, she totters off, mumbling okay. to herself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Lillian, you're probably heading back uh, from the encampment. Uh, at this point, you see uh, Miss Tipple uh, walking out of the tavern.
4: Good morning, Miss Tipple. Good morning, Lillian.
3: Where are you off to?
4: I was just making my way back from the, um, the encampment of the troubadours back to, my, back to my rooms. Do you mind if I uh, walk aways with you? Oh, please do. You know, I don't like to be out in the open for too long. By myself so it's great to have company. You know I completely forgot about a show I have to do on Friday. They're calling us back to to perform and you know I have to come up with another routine and I have no idea what I'm gonna do.
3: I have an idea for you. Something I just learned in the tavern. Let's go somewhere quiet and alone. Okay. So we walk to, you said you were going to the hotel, right? Back to the hotel? Okay, Correct. we're going back to the, to the rooms. And I'll follow you to your room, I guess.
4: Yeah, they have a quiet sitting room. So
3: I just saw Cornelius in the tavern, sobbing away like he always does about his sons. And when I asked Buck about it, about how long he had been in there, he said that um, he was blabbering on about wanting to speak to his sons again. You know, his sons were killed by um, the marshal. The marshal, what did he get him? Did he hang them? I'm sorry. <laughs> Out of character question.
0: He, he had them arrested. Uh, he brought them in. Uh, and after a very quick trial, they were found guilty and they were hung.
3: Yes. That's right. Okay. Just trying to remember. So, so the marshal had his sons hung. Um, and so they killed the marshal. Or Cornelius had the marshal killed. And he wants to speak to them again. Do you think that this is the a distraction or something that we can do to keep Cornelius and his gang occupied? By can you bring his sons forth? Hmm.
4: I can. I can well, you know, I don't know if they'll present themselves, but I can certainly try and we could spread the word. You know, my first instinct when I heard you talk about this was to ask if you would feel comfortable with me doing that. I mean, it opens the door to potentially having others involved in that whole situation come forward, ones that might impact you emotionally. But even that, I mean, how how do you feel about that?
3: Well, it was certainly shocking to see it, but... I think this is something that we could use to to help us um, distract them or something. And I don't have a lot of ghosts in my past, just the Marshall. And I wouldn't mind speaking to him again, actually.
4: Well, I think this has the makings of uh, a, a spiritual showdown, if you will, kind of like, you know, just as if you saw two cowboys at at one end of the street and another end of the street if i were to try to bring forth cornelius's sons and the marshal there might you know sparks might fly and i think most of the town would would be interested in seeing the outcome this could be this could be something i'm not sure if the timing is right but if I don't know if the, the Tazimeter would be ready. This might not be the time to, to try to bring that into play. I, I just don't know. I think we would have to talk to Julius and find out what he has in mind.
3: I think that's a great idea.
4: And I think we should get Elias
3: as well. I think it's time for me to go back to the tavern. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe we're going to, what are we going to do? Are we going to go get them? Out of character, sorry. (laughs) I got confused for a bit. Are we going to go get them? Get the guys? Get the gang? I guess we should. I guess we should. get the gang. (laughs) Sorry.
4: Let's do another show. (laughs) Another show and save the town.
0: We'll jump to Julius real quick. So Julius, you, did, you, did you head back to, uh, to your room then?
1: Yes, I, had, I have quite a great deal of work to do, of course.
3: Mm-hmm. Are you so just if working if you uh, chance,
1: I need to, yes, I'm working on the, so I need to acquire some of the parts. So I'm gonna have to make my way around the town as well to acquire some of the parts.
0: Okay. What well, do you want to try to do that? Yeah, I'm
1: already available. I'm working on some of the inner inner portions of it. I mean, as you know, what we're building is quite complex, right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to share with you if you this is what the the, the plans look like. Um, which I'm happy to share with everyone if you want to see the plans. This is the essential plan for the oops, not that. This is the essential plan for the for the the next stage of the TAS that would be. That would capture the. These are my diagrams. So as you can see, I can work on some of the initial inside machinery. Uh, but uh, yes, but uh, but there's work to be done.
0: So would you uh, would you be making a run perhaps to to gather some equipment?
1: Okay, absolutely, yes, yes, yes. I'll have to okay. run several times. I'm planning on heading over to the. Uh, was it a blacksmith or something like that? That was
0: the yes. Mm-hmm. There is a blacksmith here.
1: Um, and I'll probably also need to send a couple a telegram out later when it's possible. To okay. uh, there are a couple things. Let me quickly. Well, they'll take months to come. I'm hoping the blacksmith can make the pieces that I don't have for it.
0: Okay. Well, if you're going to send a uh, telegram, uh, it is nearing the time where uh, you're allowed access, um, so you can head to the uh, the general store. Uh, to take care of that if you like yep. and then perhaps pick up some equipment while you're there if, uh, if that is where you're heading then you can probably meet uh, Elias on the way because that's where he's heading as well
1: yes I am heading uh, to the general store
0: and then you see uh, Elias uh, just mounting the deck uh, as, uh, as you're coming down the, ma- the main street
1: doctor
2: Oh, <laughs> oh, doctor. Hello, doctor. <laughs> how are you
1: today? Oh, I'm doing doing all right. And yourself? Uh, any new uh, developments since we spoke last? I was just up in my room doing some more work on the task meter.
2: Oh, and how how does that progress?
1: Oh, Pretty well, pretty well. I have to get to the general store and look for missing a couple parts. You need to go talk to the blacksmith and see if he can build a couple of pieces. Uh, and I... Perhaps you need to, send to tell it. How long? Do you have any idea how long a shipment would take to get arrived from New York City?
2: From New York City to here, um, well, where's, Dev, where's Devil's Canyon again? What state? Uh, it's in Colorado. Well, it'll be a couple of days, uh, at least. Uh, is it something that could come by rail, or would it
0: need to
1: come by by buggy? Oh, it could come any way. I would. I would. Uh, I would guess.
0: If it came by rail uh, there is a nearby town For about two days um, no uh, not uh, well as far as uh, the the coming in by rail yeah probably about three days probably uh, to arrive to the the nearby town I'm trying to find the name of it here Angel Ridge <laughs> Angel Ridge right outside of Devil's Canyon Montrose. Uh, Montrose is the name of the, the nearest town of any size that would have a rail station and that's half a day's horse ride uh, up the road probably about 15 miles
2: uh, something from New York City probably about three days uh, to get it to Montrose and then you would you would need to pick it up or have it delivered
1: Oh, perfect that's great news that's great news like, there's some parts that I'm afraid that I don't think our blacksmith can make, and they certainly won't be available here, but they are available in New York City so if I can get it here before the end of the week, that would be great
2: well i'm I'm heading to the general store now to talk to Wilburn uh, would you like to accompany me Oh,
1: I'd love to of course
2: well great let's let us let us let us embark disembark let's go
0: <laughs> and okay. uh, l- Ladies, you can see uh, the two guys going into the general store uh, just as you all are rounding the corner.
3: There they are. Let's follow them.
1: <laughs> Ladies, pleasure to see you today. How are you feeling after our little night's activity?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> to Julius, that's how rumors get
0: started.
1: <laughs> oh, wait, like that was, Sam, was two nights ago, actually, right?
0: That was last night. That was last night.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody get a good night's sleep. How's everybody doing,
2: all right? And uh since the séance last night, it's a pleasure to see you all this morning. Oh,
1: <laughs> we, we we have something to tell you too. We have we talked to Alice about the situation. Did you, uh, Doctor Carver? Did you tell? Did you inform Alice about the situation yet?
2: No, no. I, I had to leave a note for the good doctor, oh, well, Matlia. We need to
1: discuss. I knew we had some something important. So. Can we can we find a little private place here? Can we, let's go. Let's go in the like next to the store.
2: Oh, we, sure. we can go into the general store. There's a room in the back. I'm sure Wilburn will let us talk there. I trust him.
1: Okay, let's let's do let's take that room if we can. We need to have a very important conversation.
2: Yes, uh, ideally outside of the sight of uh, wandering eyes.
1: Yes.
0: Wilburn's in there behind the counter.
2: Uh, Wilburn, good morning. Uh, good how morning, how Elias um would you mind if we stepped into the back room and had a conversation uh, i have a couple of friends here and uh well it's a private conversation and you know how there's so many ears on the streets these days that would not be a problem would it wilburn um
0: well uh no i, I he kind of looks around a little bit i i, I suppose not but uh just don't make a whole big lot of fuss. Uh, that uh, that woman from the coyote gang is uh, is here, and she's supervising the uh, the transmissions today. So, uh, but she's she's just next door over there in the in the post office. So, just keep your voices low. Um, I don't want no trouble.
2: No, no trouble, Wilburn. Thank you. And there's something I need to speak with you about later as well. I, I do appreciate you
0: allowing us to use this room. Uh, yeah, that, that that's fine. I'll uh, I'll keep a lookout, and if anything gets fishy, I'll uh, I'll try to rap three times uh, on the counter. Uh, I, oh no, my bell! I'll I'll hit my bell oh, that, one
2: time. That, that sounds fantastic. Thank you, Woven. Uh, have you met Lillian, uh, Miss Tipple, uh, Doctor Doctor Randall?
0: Uh, I, I'm familiar with Miss Tipple. I I, I I don't think that I know uh, Miss Lillian. Is it?
4: That's right, I, meet
0: you. I think I, I saw you at the funeral, yes, and you're part of that magician's troupe.
4: That's right. The times I've stopped by to to check on communications from the outside world, uh, I don't know that you've been here, so it is nice to meet you. Uh, it's
0: a, a pleasure to meet you, too. Uh, you're you're a, a, a right pretty lady.
1: Pasha. Sure. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> Pasha.
0: All right, so... Uh, Shall we hey, retire? I, yeah, he opens up the door for you guys and then shuts it so, behind you.
1: So the some members of the Crimson Coyote gang approached me this morning and they asked for my help, assistance, in putting together what I what seems to me to be a Gatton gun that they've ordered. And the parts will be here in a day or two. They want it in a week. Uh, apparently there are a couple of rival gangs or a rival gang in nearby towns that they want to... Uh, they want to...
4: Eliminate
1: and uh, by ordering this gun and hoping that this will be there to their advantage. So we have Dr. Carver and I have a plan to what do you call it?
2: Well, sabotage it.
1: Sabotage that's the word I was looking for to sabotage the the gun. But we wanted to let you know immediately, especially you, Alice, uh, because. This could mean things are escalating considerably in this town in terms of the gang's activity and also their network and also their potential armaments.
3: Yes, if they get a weapon like that, then there is no hope for this, this town. You must delay them, sabotage them any way you can. They cannot have that weapon.
1: I can sabotage them, we can make the weapon explode even, but once that happens, we're as good as dead, unless we have another plan in place.
2: Is there anybody you could talk to, Alice, any friends that you could have come in and help?
3: That would expose my um, undercover mission, but it's possible, but I think we should try, um, I think we should try to do this ourselves first. Bill has some skills that we can use and uh, Lillian has to do a show, possibly another seance for um, Cornelius. Perhaps we can use that as a distraction. I don't know how.
1: How would we take out an entire armed gang of thugs? Even with Bill, who none none of us are, fighters I don't think except for maybe you what's your skill level with a a gun didn't you miss that badger or whatever it was back there coyote it was a cat Cat. bobcat didn't (laughs) you miss that bobcat cougar thing when you pulled out are you good with a gun
3: all I have is a little lady pistol what am I supposed to do with this (laughs) sorry Christy (laughs) bingo and it was dark.
1: Yes, but if you had a proper weapon, would you be able to use it effectively?
3: I can shoot, but I'm no I'm no great.
1: What if we did What if? We I didn't, no Annie Oakley. What if we didn't sabotage the Gatling gun, but instead used it for ourselves? I mean, I have to take it back to my workshop. What if I say, I'm going to need a couple of days with it. We finish it in a day. We use it on them.
2: Well, you need to have them all in one place, I, I presume. and
1: Or not even so. You just have to, or it depends on how aggressive they are. They want their Gatling gun back. Yes. Pretty risky. Or perhaps in one place. Well, if Bill knows how to use it or you know how to use it. you know how to use a Gatling gun, Alice?
3: <laughs> no. I've seen them, but I've never used one.
1: I'm afraid we wouldn't get much practice with it. Be too noisy. I think you
3: just point and shoot.
1: Hmm. Well, it's a possibility for us to consider.
2: It's a very aggressive stance, but uh, I think it should What about uh, up
1: on the hill? If we went to Bill's place, set up the Gatling gun on the hill, and somehow lured them up onto the hill, they'd be like.
3: How could we, get we get it up to the Pueblo without them seeing? If it's in large crates, it'd have to be broken down into the tiniest of pieces to go up through the cavern to be uh, unseen.
1: Can we get it through the tunnels?
3: We might, we'd have to break it down into the smallest of pieces though.
1: Mm-hmm. And it will be delivered
0: just, just for the record it will be delivered in crates. Uh, so they, you know, just depending on the sizes of them. Yeah, you might be able to get them up there uh, through the cave.
1: I'm correct about this, looking at the blueprint. The Gatling gun's length is about 42 inches. It weighs (laughs) probably in the range of 170 pounds.
0: Yeah, that's about right.
1: Which means we could potentially, with a couple of us, carry it ourselves. Or We we could break it into two component parts. Two of its major parts, we we could collectively, there are five of us, we could carry the gun, we could carry it through the cavern up to that hill. Or we could even launch an. we could even launch an attack on them from the main town, but I'm afraid too many people might do.
3: Yes. Getting them out of town is, and away from the townspeople is the better choice if we can, but will they all come?
2: Perhaps if there was enough of a draw or some sort of a show. Lillian?
4: I was just thinking that I was actually not sure if the big draw is as much the show as it is the demonstration of a Gatling gun that's probably never been seen before in such a town, I would think the entire coyote gang would be interested in seeing that. And even if it's not ready to advertise it as though it were, um, could lure them all into into the same place.
1: That's a fabulous idea, Lillian. You see, we don't, we, don't, we don't secretly take it to the hill at all. We build it up there. We let them know we're building it up there. And then we invite them for the special day of revealing it. And as they come up the hill, we mow them down.
2: This is incredibly brutal.
1: But <laughs> well, you want to get rid of them. What else do you want to do?
2: Oh, well, yes. I suppose asking nicely hasn't worked.
4: to hold
1: their hand and walk them out of town?
4: Dr. Julius, do you think that possibly any of the parts that would be used to compose the Gatling gun could be used to adjust the tazimeter so that the, the it would have a full, full powerful force to unleash the spirits that we might conjure upon the gang themselves?
1: That's a possibility, absolutely. But I think it's... Science has not shown us, we've not still, no one in science has achieved any kind of extra dimensional rift. And to imagine that something would be unleashed that would, it could kill us as equally as it could kill the gang, I'm afraid. So, although it's a beautiful idea, I'm not sure what we unleash could be controlled and aimed if we could even get something to break through. I mean, for instance, if those were something to do with Bill, they could very easily come through and just slice Bill up into pieces. We don't know if they're friendly. They didn't look friendly. They look tormented.
4: It's true, that's a big risk.
2: Well, I feel like it could be a backup plan.
1: <laughs> yes, certainly. Well, we could give it a go and see what happens. I mean, I wanted, we're gonna do it anyway. We might as well do it and see what happens. Maybe the Gatling gun's are backup plan, although we'd have to get the tesimeter built. With all of your help, though, perhaps we could do it within a week. And yes, we could use parts from the Gatling gun to do it.
2: Well, I will speak with Zeke and see if if the Coyote gang has already procured the ammunition that they need for the Gatling gun or if he's going to be providing that or if that's also being shipped in. Because uh, if so, then we may be able to go on ahead and get that in place. Perhaps he would have a little more insight as to exactly uh how much ammunition they're expecting to have on hand and just how accurate of a gun this really might be.
1: Found, I can describe to you a little bit of what those blueprints look like. So I'm, when I look at some of these pieces and these parts, you could certainly use them for the meter as well to perhaps, as you say, enhance its power. Are you in shock? Are you aware of
2: <laughs> May he's a plot point? Yeah, sure. We hear the bell. Uh, Wilburn okay. dings his bell. Okay. There's a warning. Something's happening out there that we need to know about. Okay. What's or that there's somebody has come in. Uh, Waverly's come in. Okay. General store. Mm-hmm. That's the son of Cornelius that beat up Ava.
0: Yep. And what's he uh, What's he doing?
2: Uh, He's just come into the store and he's talking to Wilburn and asking him Uh just sort of shooting the shit and just kind of being generally kind of rowdy. Yeah. He's kind
0: of being a Waverly jerk.
3: <laughs> there and we hear that. There.
0: Yeah. There's a back way out.
2: Oh dear. Did Wilburn ring the bell. Uh, listen, why don't you guys leave out the back door and, and I'll come out. They know me. Uh, they know, I, 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 can, I will have a reason that I was back here. I, I'm helping Wilbur and uh, I'm, I'm getting some supplies, perhaps for for Dr. O'Malley's. Um, you guys, you cannot be seen back here with me. We cannot all be seen like this together. It will raise, it will rouse too many suspicions and, and I'm, I'm a fear of who may be outside on the other side of that door. So I, I will go out into the store and you all leave through the back. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Don't open that door
3: until we run away. And I run away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then Elias, you're going out. Then I'm gonna go back out it, front. Yes. Okay. Well, Waverly is uh, is out there talking to Wilburn. You can uh, you can overhear the end of the conversation, and he's uh, he's saying, "Now I know I, I I know I saw some people coming in here. Where are they?" And the door opens and you you come out at that moment. See, I told you, I, I, I saw somebody coming in here. What's the undertaker doing in here right now?
2: Waverly, I'm here picking up supplies. I need fresh linens because I'm tending to a certain young woman who was injured last night. <laughs> oh, you mean that whore Ava? I'm talking about the young woman who was beaten. Yes. Dr. O'Malley is unavailable and has asked me to fill in for him. So I'm doing my best to keep her out of harm's
0: way. Oh, so she's still breathing?
2: She is,
0: thanks to the miracles of modern science. Oh, while you were working on her, you didn't happen to find any money stashed away anywhere, did you? There is no money, Waverly. Waverly. She uh, over at the doctor's place then? Yes. All right, well, you get her fixed up and you bring her back to me. Waverly,
2: that's going to be a while. She's in a real bad way. I'm I'm doing my best, but I am not a doctor. I am an undertaker, and I'm doing my best to keep her out of my shop and keep her in Dr. O'Malley's. You do understand, right? How How much money was she short for you?
0: $75.
2: Okay. I will make sure that you get the money that you require. She needs time to heal, Waverly.
0: Needs time to heal so she can have time to earn. I understand that, but she cannot earn if she is dying on a bed. All right, then, get her fixed up then, doctor.
2: Wilburn. if you wouldn't mind having the linens brought over to Dr. Miley's place.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll do that, Elias. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sorry to bother you today. Uh, It's no bother. No bother. I'll uh, I'll have that delivered right up to you. Thank you. Waverly, try to keep your hands off the women. They cannot earn if I'm having to tend to them, sir. I suppose you got a point. Good day, gentlemen. All right. And it is uh, after 11 uh, at this point, so we can probably uh, uh, call that uh, for, for tonight. Kurt, I, I don't think I rewarded you your plot point uh, for the success uh, that you had earlier tonight. So you get a, a plot point uh, for resolving uh, the conflict that you resolved earlier, and you get a plus one arc uh, as well. So make sure and make a note of that on your sheet.
1: Thank you. Okay, I will do.
0: And then uh, next time around, uh, we will probably need to kind of figure out what we want to do for the evening. Uh, since we know that there has to be performance, whether or not we're going to try to do anything for specifically for Cornelius or not. And if you guys want to discuss that a little bit on the Facebook page, we can kind of fast forward to that if you guys want to come up with kind of an idea of a plan uh for tonight that would probably be good and then we can kind of uh have let that be our jumping on point uh for the next session does that sound good yeah i've got an idea for it i can post something (laughs) okay yeah yeah we can kind of discuss that over the next uh, couple of weeks and see where that takes us
1: all right thank you guys
0: we'll hit it up again in two Mm -hmm. weeks
1: All right, look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Have a good one, y'all.
0: All All right, see see y'all later.
1: Thanks, Chris. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.